Life Audio. Hey friend, do you ever feel like the busyness of life makes it hard to slow down and truly connect with Jesus? Do your priorities and passions feel jumbled and out of whack? Then join me this summer on my podcast, How to Study the Bible, as we dive into Spiritual Rhythms, a six-week series that will lead us through six spiritual rhythms to help us slow down and make space for Jesus in the busyness of everyday life. To guide us, I've put together a free downloadable six-week study available at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices. The study will walk us through God's word as we learn to embrace daily practices that draw us closer to Jesus. Each week on the podcast, we'll walk through one spiritual rhythm that helps us discover how to spend intentional time with God, align our passions and balance our priorities, and make time and space for restfulness and celebration. Download Spiritual Rhythms for free today at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices, and I'll see you on How to Say the Bible. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to How to Say the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice, and super glad to be with you during this summer series that we are in called Spiritual Rhythms. It's been so good to really look at the practical side of what our everyday life looks like to make space for God. How do we get proper pace and proper perspective so we can live our life with peace and with wisdom? And we've traveled through a couple of different things. We're sort of hitting the basic rhythms of life. And the idea here is not that you would just take on one, but that you would have a life with these rhythms attached to it, times and seasons of, you know, being in just every week, being in scripture, being a person who experiences silence and solitude, like we talked about last week. We're going to talk about celebration next week. But before we get there, we're going to build on silence and solitude and this spirit of rest by talking about the rhythm of Sabbath in your life. And we're going to look at what the scriptures have to say about that and how you might apply it to your day. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, 
Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So before we get into this, I realize that the concept of Sabbath can be, people can have wildly different experiences with Sabbath. So some of us come to the idea of Sabbath and we already feel guilty because maybe you were raised in the church. Maybe Sunday was a really big deal. Maybe you're a person who has really wrestled with, should my kids play sports on Sunday? What happens if I don't go to church? Or maybe you're a healthcare professional or someone else who has an occupation where you have to work on the weekends. Maybe you're in ministry. And if you're in ministry, Sunday is a work day. So you are creating a space for other people to experience Sabbath, but it's certainly not your Sabbath. So we can come into this with a lot of thoughts about, is this a command? Is this a rule? Am I breaking the rules? What does it mean? Do we even need to practice Sabbath? Isn't that an Old Testament thing? So there's a lot here to unpack. So we're going to try to kind of take a 30,000 foot view and we're going to do what I like to do, which is we're going to start with what does Jesus have to say? And then we're going to back into a little bit of the backstory. And then what, of course, does it mean for us and how might we look at how Sabbath impacts our lives? So I think regardless of your experience with Sabbath or with the idea of rules around a Sunday, I do want to ask you this question. Do you need refreshment? (laughs) Do you need rest? I know very few people who would say to me, nope, I'm good. Thanks. Don't need any refreshment. Don't need any rest. I feel completely restored. I am living in a full state of restoration. Most people I know would not say that. And so instead of starting with what are the rules and am I breaking the rules, I want to start by asking you, are you experiencing restoration and refreshment in your life in a normal rhythm? And I don't mean entertainment. I'm not saying are you experiencing entertainment, but are you experiencing deep restoration and refreshment in your life? And let's start from there and then we can ask that question first, then we can back into what God has to say about Sabbath. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28 today. And I just want to invite you, just like we do, just to enter into the story, listen to the story, imagine yourself. I'm going to invite you to imagine yourself as one of the disciples in this story. Here we go. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read the scriptures about what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Okay, so we're in the story. Let's make sure we understand what it says before we get into what we clearly need to know the backstory, right? Because Jesus is going to throw, he's going to hit the Pharisees with the backstory that's going to silence them in their complaints. So Jesus is walking with his disciples and they're hungry and they break off some food. They break off some heads of grain to eat. 
to have a bit of a snack. And the Pharisees are like calling them out, like policing them, like, hey, what are you doing? Why are they harvesting grain on the Sabbath? So the backstory here is that the Sabbath was a, was a law created in the Ten Commandments. We're going to look at it in Exodus. And over time, the intent of that law that was given is that because God created and then rested, he also calls his people to honor him by resting. That's what it, that's what the Exodus sort of command was. The, the, the intent of that command was then built upon by the Pharisees over the years, and all of these stipulations were added. All of these rules were added to what does it mean to do that? So the people would ask their rabbis, they would ask their teachers, what does it look like to practice the Sabbath? And they would ask specific questions. Well, can we harvest on the Sabbath? Can we do this on the Sabbath? Can we do that? Can we, you know? And every time those questions were asked or the Pharisees would try to like create more and more policy around what it looks like to live out the Sabbath. And so by the time we get to Jesus's day, there is so many rules and regulations around the Sabbath. It is so burdensome the way that you are supposed to live on that day that like my my impression of it, my interpretation of it is that the joy was sucked completely out of the original command. And so over and over again, you see, you're going to see this all the time. And if you're if you're a new student to scripture, you're going to be like, what's with these Pharisees? Why do they care so much about the Sabbath? Because they seem to be constantly calling out Jesus on the Sabbath, like this big thing about like honoring God. And I think it's because the Sabbath is a symptom that represents a misplaced heart, that the Pharisees had completely misplaced their heart for God in their striving after holiness and put all these rules around all of these things. Meanwhile, Jesus keeps doing things that they consider, quote unquote, breaking the Sabbath. He's healing people on the Sabbath. And they're like, Don't, you can't heal somebody on the Sabbath. And he's like, you're missing the intent of the Father's heart <laughs> for the world and for you. And so in this little passage, we see sort of that same thing playing out where just in a very innocuous like walk by, the disciples are eating a snack and the Pharisees are like, absolutely not. And so Jesus hits them back with this next part. And we're going to see where this part applies in the Old Testament. Okay, so in this passage, you hear you hear Jesus refer to this story about King David and what he did when he was hungry. So that story, if you check your study note, you're going to find that that's going to reference you back to 1 Samuel 21, where this is a story about King David who takes bread from the altar. So he takes the sacred bread that was all part of the Old Testament system of sacrifice. And it is clear that King David is an example of a godly man. So Jesus is using David to say, like, here's what a godly man did. And it was okay. So maybe you have misread the intent of the law, right? Like in a time, there's always like a higher law that's happening. And so in that higher law, it's always lawful to do good. That's from Matthew chapter 12, verse 12. Jesus says it's always lawful to do good. And so the idea that Sabbath would supersede doing good is getting it all wrong. And so this is what Jesus is calling out when he's in this passage. And then he kind of gives us the principle of the thing. So a lot of times when we talk about Bible study, we want to ask the question, what does it mean? What did it mean then? What is the truth, the principle that is in the scripture for the people who heard it in the moment and for us today? Like it's going to be the same scripture. It's the same truth, both directions. And sometimes we have to work a little bit to figure out that principle. Sometimes the principle is literally just given to us. And in this particular passage, the principle is just given to us. And we find it in verse 27. Jesus says to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people 
and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So he is realigning priorities here. And he's saying, actually, the purpose of Sabbath is for you. (laughs) The purpose of Sabbath is not for you to make rules and then try to see who's in or out. The purpose of Sabbath was actually made for your needs. And when we go all the way back to Genesis and we see the creation account and the fact that God created for six days, he worked for six days to create the world and then he rested. And we know intuitively about the character of God that God never tires. He never He never sleeps. He never needs rest in his perfection. Our God does not need rest. So for him to model that rest, to enjoy what he had done, to work for six days and then rest and enjoy what he had done was not because God himself needed rest or God himself needed to pat himself on the back for what he had done. It was because it was a model of the way that he designed us as human beings in our finiteness, in our frailty, that we need rhythms of rest where we rest and enjoy what has happened, where we rest and trust that God is at the helm where we're able to rest because we know that our God is always working. And there is something about that rhythm that is so important to combat the part of our nature that thinks that we are the center of the universe, that we are in charge, that everything will fall apart if we don't stop. And this rhythm is designed to give us on the weekly a reminder of what it means to stop and trust and rest and know that God is actually in the driver's seat. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y, or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. So when Jesus says this was made for you, you weren't made to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Actually, the Sabbath was made for you. That helps us realign our whole concept of what a Sabbath is and how we might be able to keep it. So I do want to read the original for you in Exodus 20 as we wrap up sort of this part of the backstory. Just listen to the way it was stated in the original Ten Commandments. By the way, this is the longest commandment. It's given the most explanation around all of the like, do not have any gods above me, do not covet, do not have idols, all that we're going to get this longer piece. This is Exodus 28 through 11. This is the original design of Sabbath. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, 
and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Okay, so I love going back to the original intent because look at the way there's a value system that's being developed in the way this command is written, right? Because this command is written because it's giving rest not only to the righteous, not only to, let's say, the people of influence who are in charge of the household, but everyone else in the household. This is a place of justice because it means that those that you, your servants, the people who are under your care that would have to work for you, you're actually designing a rhythm for their rest as well. You're designing a rhythm of rest for your animals. Like there is so much tender care in this in this rhythm, right? In this command, and in this command, it's actually a way to remind us that the Lord himself is in charge and that we're dedicating ourselves to believing that God is in charge. And not only that, but it actually is a beautiful uh, representation of your devotion to God when you have a rhythm in your life that is different, right? Especially in this modern day, this age of distraction, this age of working all the time, the idea that you would set apart time simply for refreshment and simply for restoration is really countercultural and and very attractive to people because rested and restored people are more enjoyable people on the whole. (laughs) No matter your temperament, generally being around a person who's rested and restored is a lot more pleasant than being around a person who's exhausted and weary. And so there is a way that we represent who our God is in the world by the way that we live into rhythms like this. Okay, so what does it mean for you? Well, first thing is, this is a way we honor God. It is a command, but it's not meant for a big burden that creates rules that you feel like you're either living into or not. To me, Sabbath is an opportunity. It's not an obligation. We don't live under the Old Testament law. We don't live under those stipulations. But because Jesus himself laid out what a Sabbath looks like, it is worth us thinking about what is a rhythm of rest and restoration look like in my life. It doesn't mean that it has to look like it's got all these rules around it. It has to be exactly the same time. It has to have exactly these same rules. It does mean that we honor God by the way we dedicate time to the idea of rest and restoration because of what it does for us, right? It's meant to be a time of refreshment. So I think the first question you could ask is, what is refreshment? What does holy refreshment look like to you? Not what entertainment looks like, but what does it look like for you to be refreshed? There's a few themes that I usually find that people talk about when it when they think about being refreshed. Sometimes there's a creative element, like I like to paint or garden or something like that. There's a creative element sometimes to rest. There's often an actual like resting, like sleeping, napping, Um, being still element to people's restoration. And then a third one is enjoyment with other people. Like, I just want to sit with my family and have a meal. I just want to have, you know, uninterrupted time for conversation. There's like a, a refreshment in relationship as well. So those might give you some ideas of what it might look like. And then another one I forgot to mention is being in nature. So these are the things I hear from people a lot, from the people I pastor, the people that are my clients. Those are generally the themes. Yours may look different than that. But if you are going to take a break from your work, whatever your work looks like, and you're going to trust that God is in the driver's seat, and you are simply going to take a Sabbath rest from feeling bad about yourself, 
from putting a lot of rules around your life, from you're simply going to rest, even if that's for four hours, if that's one set apart half day, if you could try to find a sundown to sundown. So maybe starting Friday night into Saturday at the end of the day, if you were to put aside technology, put aside your work for a period of time, notice what happens when you do that. A lot of times we will feel very anxious the first time we try to rest from our work first time we try to disconnect from those obligations, but making space like that, being in nature, actually resting, spending time with people that you love, doing something creative, maybe just give that a shot and see what it feels like. See where you struggle, see where you strive, see where you actually just find that flow and that bliss of simply being and rediscovering what it feels like to just be a kid in the kingdom, as I like to say, to play and to be restored. There are so many studies out that show that there is a diminishing returns on productivity. Like if you're just trying to work all the time, you actually become less and less productive. So there's all this science that supports the idea of Sabbath, but that's not the way, the reason we do it. We simply do it because God said, I am on, you're honoring me when you do this. And I am honoring you because I made this for you. So Sabbath is a gift that we can either accept or reject. And I want to invite you to think about how you might accept that gift, might make a few moves toward that gift in the next few days or few weeks. You can check out the download that we put together for you guys, NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices. That will give you a few other ideas. And we'd love to hear from you. How are you discovering Sabbath again in your life? What does that look like for you? You can find me on Instagram at NicoleUnis. You can shoot me an email. would love to hear from you and hear how you are discovering what it looks like to practice restoration through the rhythm of Sabbath. Talk with you guys next week. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.